0: Hello, good evening, Aston Villa fans, and welcome to the Villa Forever podcast. I am your host, Chad Williams. First of all, before we get started, if you're a new member to the channel, please subscribe. Subscribing don't cost anything. It's completely free, and Do what you can to help out the channel and it will help grow the channel. Also, you know where to follow me on audio platforms as well, wherever you get your podcast from, including Spotify, Amazon Music and Apple Podcasts. This evening, I'm joined by a very special guest American Aston Villa fan, Jack Grimsey, who is a soccer storyteller, broadcaster, and digital strategy expert. I've been really excited for this podcast, and I'm so glad we've organised it. It's an honour to have you on the show. Jack, how are you?
1: Chad, I'm doing so well. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to talk about Villa with you today, this evening, and you know, talk about a couple of other things. I know you sent me over some questions. Um, it's a really exciting time to be a Villa fan, both in the UK and the US, everywhere around the world. I'm always meeting new Villa fans, and it's a pleasure to connect with you. Thank you for having me on.
0: Yeah, it's great to be a Villa fan because you could change something special with Unai Emery. I mean, qualifying for the Champions League, that would be the dream.
1: I think so. I think that's going to be the reality that Unai will take us to eventually. Maybe it will be this season. I know we've hit a bit of a rough patch and the conversation's been difficult to to digest this week because um I think with some of the injuries, it's it's going to be difficult. But as always, just keep the faith in Unai; he's going to take us there.
0: the hopefully What we need to do is, if we could get a run going, like we did last season, get under the build the momentum.
1: Yeah, I think I think we saw that last spring there. Are going to be some games we had a february last year where we lost those three games in a row and then after that save for i think save for the wolves match maybe maybe we had another loss in the spring but it was like just hit that purple patch and picking up three points every week
0: a moment on here as well jack would you prefer me to call it football because know where you're from you call it soccer To be honest,
1: most of the time I do call it football. Um, Sometimes I will say soccer to distinguish, especially because um, Mm -hmm. they're building some new stadiums in MLS. And if they build it specifically for that club, I'm going to say it's a soccer specific stadium. Because if I said a football specific stadium, then it would probably be an NFL stadium, which would take away from... The point i'm i'm trying to make but i don't know i don't i don't really care either way soccer or football but whatever your whatever your community prefers i'm happy to say football as i do a lot of the time anyway
0: it's great to have you as my first american guest really I know you've got a, a
1: lot of a lot of other villa podcasters there's there's a lot of villa podcasters out there and i've seen some of the other guest interviews you had with with Frankie, I think pretty
0: recently. You can you totally love America.
1: Did you say, did you say you'd been to New York?
0: Yes, well, I've been to New York. What did you well, make well, of it? Oh, well, it's my favorite place I've been to.
1: The energy is crazy. I think it's just always, always absolutely buzzing. Um, when when we played Arsenal, we had a really great crowd at the Football Factory, which is the local pub where all the villains go, but also a lot of a lot of other fans go. And Dean Smith was in town. Um, it was right before he got the job with Charlotte FC. And yeah, like you said, the energy in New York is crazy. But when Dino was there and we beat Arsenal, like, oh my gosh, that was that was one of the best days ever.
0: Well, I started in Times Square with with over there.
1: Yeah, that's that's a crazy place. Everything is happening in Times Square.
0: Because you got some good memories there. I did all the scene and all that as well.
1: Yeah, I feel like I've been I've been in New York almost six years, and <laughs> there's still so many things I haven't seen.
0: Are you from New York?
1: No, originally I'm from the Chicago area, and moved to New York for work.
0: Well, I have been to Florida a few times as well. Three times I've been to Florida.
1: It's a good place to go, but it's a little warm for me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off with the first question. So let's start from the very start of your Aston Villa journey. When did you start supporting Aston Villa? On oh, what oh, made oh. you become a fan?
1: I think if we're gonna put a, a specific date on it, I think it was December seventh, two thousand nine. Aston Villa three, Everton two. Uh, a lot of my friends were into Premier League or into European football, and they all they all had teams. And I'd seen a uh, the World Cup, and I'd seen seen some football, but didn't really have too many cultural touch points. So anyway, I was like. I guess for, for lack of a better term, yeah. in the market for a Premier League team because I thought, okay, like if I'm going to be involved in this sport, I need to have a club so that I can I can be following them. And I turned on the TV one day and it was a Premier League game, like I said, Villa against Everton. Yeah. And at the end of the game, Everton had just equalized. And before you know it, Villa went down at the other end. Ashley Young slips past Julian Lescott, who who had scored at <laughs> at the other end, and and Young scores, in his three two. And from that moment on, I was just I was just hooked, and I love the name. Uh, I love these colors. I had um, I don't know. I had some things when when I was a kid that were these colors, and I really liked them. I didn't. I'd never heard of Villa. I didn't know anything about really most clubs um, besides some of the. <laughs> some of the clubs that you always see at the top end of the table most of the time. Um, but I, I didn't know much about Villa. I just loved the name and knew I didn't want to follow one of one of those clubs like United, uh, or a club that was necessarily in London. Um, so yeah, from, from that moment I was hooked, but it didn't take, uh, it wasn't like then I wasn't watching every week. It took a couple of years before I was really watching every week. And, um, I think I have been for, for maybe about the past 10 years or so.
0: Well, it's a great reason to support Aston Villa because I remember that game very well. It's actually one of my most memorable Aston Villa games I've watched. Yeah, it's, it was.
1: It's just timeless.
0: <laughs> Did you just scroll up my notes a little bit? Yeah, and also, like, through that time as well, you've had some good and bad times. <laughs>
1: I think that's a, that's a nice way to put it. The relegation years were miserable. And the, I think the years before relegation, like we were just barely staving it off and we, you know, you're worrying every week. It wasn't fun to watch like it is now. I remember um, when I was living in Chicago and got really embedded with the Chicago villains, Simon Leach is still the chairman. And he helped teach me a, a lot of the, the Villa Songs and the, the the Villa Way, I guess you could say. But one I think it was Sunday. It was like a few years ago to the yeah. day yesterday. I think it was a Valentine's Day Sunday, and we lost 6-0 to Liverpool, but the Liverpool fans weren't singing at the end of the game. It was the Villa fans that were still singing at the end of the game. And
0: these are the best supporters we have.
1: Yeah, yeah, just just phenomenal. And you know, it's like I had been to I'd been to Villa Park before then. Um, I don't, we'll get we'll get into it because that's one of your next questions, but uh, it had been so special, but like just being there in that bar in Chicago, just knowing that no matter what, we were all supporting the club, good times or bad, um, being part of that community is amazing.
0: It's unbelievable, even in football, we've been through things up and for a reason as well. Yeah, Look how good you good. up are. and down. And now we're a bit more charging to, to try and get champions they become a what? yeah
1: and i think now like uh i love the the video that the club made with david bradley narrating and he says yeah we have the the good times and the bad but the lows just make the highs feel that much higher and i think for sure 2023 and so far, the, it's been a slow start to 2024, but this period yeah. under Unai Emery has is, is just been amazing.
0: Because I think you know, with Unai Emery as well, we're not the finished article yet. There is still more to come from this team.
1: Yeah, it's been good to see the, the beginning signs of what he's going to bring, but like you said, far from the finished article uh, I think it's a miracle if all of your players are fit at the same time. So that's not necessarily my expectation, but being able to get someone like a Tyrone Mings back in there, who's been a leader for us in, in recent times when we got promoted again and we're um, staving off relegation and now being propelled to new heights. Um, it'll be great to see Ty back in there, but also some of the new signings like, uh, Ubu Kamara and
0: Paul Torres.
1: Yeah, Paul Torres for sure. Just imagine being able to select from any of those players.
0: Well, I'm, I'm a season ticket holder, and I don't go to Villa Park quite regularly. And when you turn up to Villa Park now, you, there's a, there's a big expectation there.
1: Yeah, I think you. The team has to has to have a big performance, and you know if. If not, it's it's not what you came to see because we've been a bit spoiled, I think now now recently. But you want to go and see a Villa win.
0: So I'll move on to the next question. Have you always been following football?
1: No, definitely, definitely not. I alluded to it a little bit, but um, I played as a kid for for a few years, but mostly I played American sports like baseball and basketball or american football um whatever you have it um but really like fall falling in love with villa that was that was the start of my story in in soccer
0: i don't think it's amazing as well you don't realize in america how many people support us to villa it's incredible
1: yeah we're massive like i love the the summer tours like this this last summer with uh the Premier League Summer Series, it was a good chance for a lot of us Americans and and other people in North America and the surrounding region to be able to come out and see Villa. But we also every year have the North American Villains Meetup. Last year it was in Seattle, the previous year Toronto. Like Toronto, that, that supporters club is amazing. And there's people that come from the Cayman Islands that have a, a Villa wow. supporters club. And even some people from Kidderminster always come out for the for the meetup because they, they just love hanging out with us.
0: (laughs) Well, on Twitter, I've got a few American followers. I've also got um, the California lions. And there's a few others that follow me as well.
1: Yeah. Those California guys are so dedicated because you know, if it's the early kickoff, it's 1230 in the UK and on the West coast in California, it's a four 30 in the morning.
0: So, we're so going to change the subjects. But, uh, uh, what do you support, American football team? No, not not
1: really. Not like an NFL team. Uh, my my family, I guess you could say they like the Chicago Bears, but I'm not really a big fan of NFL. I prefer college football, but I don't even watch that very much anymore.
0: Yeah, because they have the Super Bowl the other night.
1: Yeah, I didn't see any of it, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, to be honest, I'm not, I'm not a massive fan of it, to be honest with you. So, we're going to go on to the next question then. So, when was your first football game? An Aston Villa game you attended?
1: Yeah, I think I think it might have been the same, the same game. I saw Villa play the Chicago Fire in the summer of 2012. And... Yeah, I remember getting a photo with Gabiak Bumlaor, who was probably my my favorite player on the team well, that's at that time. Times. Yeah,
0: he's nice to his Gabi. Yeah, I've got told about him. Yeah, he's he's a
1: nice bloke. Um, and yeah, and then uh, yeah, they had like an open training the day before the game, so that was that was a lot of fun to to go to. And then the next year. Um, I was studying in Berlin at the time, so then I flew over to Villa Park and was able to see my first Villa match at, at Villa Park. Uh, it was a 2-1 win over West Ham. Benteke scored a penalty. Loved Christian Benteke. Like I said, he was he was keeping us up almost by himself for a few he years was a there. Yeah, he was amazing. It's, it's a shame we had to sell him to Liverpool, but... Uh, and then in the other goal, it was very rare because it was a Charles and Zogbia free kick. I think Charles and Zogbia maybe only scored yeah. like four goals for Villa in 80 odd appearances or something. But yeah, I remember I was sitting in the sitting in the Holt and it was like the last row of the lower Holt. Uh, it was February is absolutely freezing. Um, but yeah, I, I'll always remember that as, as such a special day
0: getting to getting to Villa Park for the first time. My first game at Villa Park was in 2005. It was against Manchester City. But well, it wasn't as good then when we played <laughs> them. And it always, I mean, when you go to Villa Park, it gives you the goosebumps, even the crowd chance.
1: Yeah, even I want to do a stadium tour, hopefully, next time I'm there. And I think I'll get goosebumps even seeing it empty.
0: I recommend that stadium tour. But all I used yeah. to do oh, was, I did a stadium tour. Oh, I did volunteer work at Villa Park. And I actually toured people around Villa Park. That what was the your experience?
1: Yeah, what was your favorite part of that? Like, what what part of the tour, I guess?
0: Uh, it has to be the dressing room. You can feel what, what, what the players feel. In their shoes.
1: Do you get to go in the home dressing room or maybe maybe like just during the summer they have the the home dressing room open?
0: Um, You can sort of do both, I think. Yeah, and also going back to the question you said about what we spoke about earlier about Chicago Fire. Uh, John Geram played for Chicago Fire.
1: Yeah, yeah, for just a year.
0: Yeah, that's right, yeah. So I want to talk about what, what, what is a digital strategy expert? Could you explain saw, to the viewers?
1: Yeah, I saw, I saw that question and it, it made me laugh. It made me laugh because I have that as um, something that's that's in my social bios, something that's like a tagline on LinkedIn. And I think that's really just a short way to say that anything related to Digital marketing media. Uh, I've probably done something related to it, so that's a kind of a way just to just to summarize that. If you need help building a brand, uh, creating video production, or managing a, a team of social media um, managers or social media people, or you know, just I don't know, creating any any sorts of production services. That's something that I can help you with. Um, because yeah, I've worked in many areas around the game of football, whether that be I have yeah. I haven't actually worked for a club. I've worked for a, a baseball club, but I've worked for leagues or for broadcasters or other entities that are that are like publishers or media houses producing content around football. Um, most recently, I worked at an agency for four years until last April when I quit that job to work for myself to do some of this digital strategy, a lot of content creation, uh, as most people know and have, have seen on my channels, and a little bit of broadcast work that I'm trying to do more of this year.
0: Well, you're doing a great job.
1: Well, thank you. That means a lot, Chad.
0: And also, it wasn't that long ago, not a few days ago, you visited, you went to buy a leather coaster, didn't you?
1: yeah i just just got back from germany it was a quick trip there but i filmed as i filmed i think more content than i did in a week at the world cup it was crazy like that's why i was thinking of the stadium tour in the in the dressing room because we were only able to go to the the visitors dressing room because it was the day before a match um but yeah it was it was an amazing tour and i think that that club does things the right way they've they really showed us a good time there and took us on a stadium tour putting our names up in the stadium and wow yeah it was it was really special
0: so did you get of stadium passes
1: yeah it de- it depends on the depends on the assignment but yeah for some some roles like I've worked with Goal USA and I was in Seattle um covering an MLS game for them last year um was at red bull arena for messi's first mls game and yeah have have been going to stadiums i guess in that in that capacity or in in similar capacities because previously i i did a lot of print journalism so um get a get to go to the press conferences or the the press section of the stadium which i always think is one of the best views you can get
0: that sounds interesting do you enjoy it?
1: Yeah, I love it personally. Like that's something something I always wanted to do. I always wanted to um work in sports, I guess, when I when I realized I didn't have the athletic tools to mm-hmm. probably be a player. Uh wanted to be involved in some capacity. And I've just always always loved talking about sports, whatever it was, uh, either memorizing stats about baseball or just sitting in front of the tv watching espn for for hours
0: <laughs> we got over 100,000 tiktok followers that's amazing
1: thank you yeah that was that was i think uh one of my biggest achievements and i was really going for it as as a goal last year and was getting closer and closer and in in december we were pretty close but the year the year was coming to a close and Got to the mark just by the end of the year, so I'm very proud of that. Thank you for acknowledging
0: it. Uh, Did you always want to be a viral content creator? No, I don't. I don't think so. Uh,
1: I always wanted to be to be a broadcaster or to be someone involved in football media. I guess I think when I was, I studied broadcasting, but when I was in school, I don't think they. Uh, I don't think that term maybe necessarily existed or like personal personal brand content creation certainly wasn't at the level that it is today like i I did a podcast out of Villa podcast um, on 7500 to hold.com mm-hmm. and did the whole cast for a few years and you know that's it's like having a, having a radio show but I didn't I didn't realize that. Everything that you can do can just be in this little phone. It's crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, technology is got so advanced.
1: A little bit scary.
0: A little bit as well. It's a it's a dream job. What you do, really?
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely is. I think every like every day I wake up and I'm very grateful that I get to think about football and and talk about it and meet people from all over the world and you know it's just like sharing stories about something that that we all love that's it's amazing
0: yeah because i'll be lost without football look I, I use it to get through my daily challenges i don't never yeah. brave it
1: i think a lot i think it's been that way of like for since since football came around it was something that people when they were they were working in the factories was a distraction or it was something that you look forward to or even even now it's something that people look forward to at the weekend and if you're in an office job you're always on monday walking in hopefully your team has won and hopefully your your colleagues there either they support the same club as you or they support the rival and and hopefully your team has won because then it's just going to be a better day at the office
0: yeah, because I've got douche muscular dystrophy. It's a muscle wasting condition.
1: Well, you're very positive, Chad. I really love your attitude and that you're you're still keeping keeping a good attitude and talking about Villa and enjoying enjoying life to your fullest extent. I think it's I really going to be inspirational. I really
0: appreciate that. Thank you. I, I think it's like what with, with football. it always it always gives me a lift as well
1: yeah that's i think that's part of the beauty of football like we can we can get caught up in how there's some some downsides but you know i i like that you you're just seeing the positives and and enjoying it and and getting the highs out of it instead of you know thinking about what's what's the the negative aspects of it
0: yeah, I'll rephrase this question. But in America, our soccer got more popular since world star footballers have been playing in the MLS.
1: Yes, I'm not sure how much it has to do directly with them playing in MLS. I think that yeah. obviously it's it's helped, right? Obviously, like Thierry Henry. Going to play for the Red Bulls or David Beckham going to play for the LA Galaxy, it puts those clubs on the map. It makes MLS maybe more of a household name in the UK um, or or other parts of the world. Obviously, when someone like John Duran is playing in MLS, people from Colombia are naturally more interested because they want to follow their guy that that plays for the national team or he's a big star that's going to be in the national team one day, and they're by association more aware of of MLS. I think that soccer in America has gotten more popular since these big stars as you said have came over to MLS because mm-hmm. soccer has just become more popular in I guess the rest of the world besides Europe in that time, or right? Premier like, League. Exactly, exactly. It's in part due to due to Premier League, it's in part due to Champions League or other European leagues. People in America are watching are watching those leagues as well. Or like people are falling in love with Aston Villa or other clubs in in the Premier League. And um, whether or not they're they're watching MLS, I think like the the group the screen is like reversed, so I'm going to get disoriented with my hands. But they're both yeah. kind of at a at a similar upward trajectory, um, somewhat due to MLS and and promoting itself, and somewhat due to the growth of the sport and being able to access broadcasts or streams because, um yeah, maybe maybe thirty years ago when MLS was just starting, you weren't able to watch Premier League on on TV and definitely not every game. Like every, we we have a better way to watch the sport in the US than you get to in watch more
0: in, in America.
1: Yeah, there's no blackouts. You, you can get everything. Um, yeah, so I think it's like obviously ML, MLS helps, and the U.S. national teams, especially the women's national team. The women's national team has done very well, and um, the popularity of that has helped both the men's game and the women's game in America. Um, but yeah, I think like the growth of popularity of soccer in America is is on a is on a crazy trajectory,
0: and also it helps with a with no Messi. It went to into Miami, best player in the world. I think
1: when it with a case like that, like we could, we can say that if the level of MLS hadn't risen to the current level that it is, then Messi probably wouldn't have came over because right, he could have stayed with PSG or he could have went to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Um, but obviously that that's going to help a lot, and I think the. Maybe it's part of, and this we probably could just do a podcast just about this subject, Chad. Uh, as you can see, I have a lot to say about it. But <laughs> I think if, if once Messi comes over, it not this is a bad word for it, but to say legitimizes because in some people's opinion, oh, soccer in America it's not a not a real league like how I don't compared know to the, Dan- the Danish league is in Denmark and it's always been their domestic league and that's serious, but. I think it adds a little a little more credibility and maybe maybe to fans is one thing, but for other players, right? Other players now can say, I want to go play with Messi or I want to go play against Messi and they can do that now.
0: We're talking of football players. Uh, what's your favorite American soccer player?
1: Uh do you mean like a uh any American that's that's um, in
0: uh, both?
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So for, for players that are in the national team, uh, I really like Tyler Adams. I was hoping that Villa would sign him. He ended up Mm -hmm. going to Bournemouth and has had a few injury issues. So maybe it's good that we didn't sign him (laughs) this year. Um, Weston McKinney is, is a good player. I, I like Weston too. Um, Guys on the national team, I met a couple of them like on the when our plane got home from the World Cup. I was on this on the same flight as them, coincidentally. Tim Weah,
0: mm-hmm. Kellen
1: Acosta, and DeAndre Yedlin. So I like those guys. And then Sean Tolkien, he's an up and coming fullback on the on the New York Red Bulls.
0: Well, over the years, there has been some good American players in the Premier League because you're on Donovan. Also, Clint Dempsey, Tim Howard,
1: And then we had both Brad's, Brad Guzan and Brad Friedel.
0: Yeah, because course, both goalkeepers at Villa.
1: Yeah, I, I'm sad that the Michael Bradley experiment didn't work out at Villa because we had him only, only on loan for like six months. And it was just a, a strange time under under Jared Juliet, right after Martin O'Neill left. That was like right when I started following Villa and I didn't understand so much about uh, the fallout with Martin O'Neill and how that happened. And it's probably good that I didn't because I would have been upset about it because we were having some really good times.
0: (laughs) And going back to the World Cup, what did you like of? The USI's World Cup. Do you think they've improved?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think so. It's it's hard to tell because um you know, if you're just looking at results in the World Cup or in the national team and obviously other other nations are always improving. Like I think England is is in a really good spell right now and Belgium had a good few years, but it looks like Belgium is is kind of trending downward a little bit. So, um yeah, I think I think the US has improved and is on on a good trajectory towards 2026, which will, I think that will, that will help grow the game a lot, right? Having a world cup in the, in the host country will help a lot.
0: Cause I think it was amazing when England played USA. I bet that everybody watched that a bit.
1: Yeah, that that's always a good one. You know, England has never beaten the USA at the world cup.
0: They haven't though. (laughs)
1: I think I think there maybe have only been three or four meetings. Usually, I think as it was a draw, like twenty ten. I think South Africa, right? When yeah, Dempsey, Dempsey scored for Robert before. Green. Yeah,
0: oh, that was terrible. <laughs> but yeah, so I was going to talk about another question now. So, what was what was the Premier League summer series like? Was it a good
1: Yeah, I think it was, I think it was a great experience. Uh, One, like it gives fans the opportunity to see the team up close, which, which is always, I think, important being able to connect with the team, but also being able to connect with other fans, right? Especially in this age that we live in, where we're connected with fans on, on social media across the country, across the world. And I know, I know a lot of Villa fans in the States and, and abroad, but When we're all able to get together and meet some of those people for the first time or catch up with with old friends that i used to see in chicago or other other lions club members that are in california like you said with with rick who's the chairman of the california lions or simon tissington who's the the chairman in san diego so uh, being able to to meet up with other fans uh just having that opportunity was fantastic and then for me personally, because um, like you said, I think I, I do really have a dream job because I'm able to blend some of like the fan aspects of being a content creator and and creating content from a fan's perspective, but also being able to work as media and go to the press conference and interview Ni And And um, another job I was working on then was hosting a live show before the Villa versus Brentford game. And I was just walking around with a microphone and, Interviewing any anyone who was outside of the stadium, so um, yeah, that that experience for me was incredible.
0: I think experience of a lifetime.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I had uh, I had lunch with John McGinn and his family after the Brentford oh, game well, as well. So incredible. yeah, I went to, I went to go get a, a plate of pasta at the after I, after I was meeting someone up upstairs, and I looked over and. It was John McGinn and like twenty people from his family, so they were all they were all there enjoying the summer series and spending some time with either their their cousin or their nephew or however their, their relation was to John.
0: Go remember it against Brentford. That free old draw. Ezri Cox went down the other end of the pitch and scored.
1: I can't believe he kept going. I was, I was watching it from the tunnel because I I actually didn't see as much of that game. I only probably saw a couple of the goals um, because I had to, I had to run up to do the broadcast at halftime and then at full time. And I was walking down the tunnel and I just saw constant. He just kept running. He just kept going and then he scored. (laughs) And I think that maybe that was, it didn't click for me then, but now it, it, it has cooked for me of why Unai likes him as that right back and can build build in that three at the back system, but he also has the the capabilities to get forward. Not maybe not as quickly as Matty Cash, but he can still do a job.
0: Well, well on about summer series tour? Did you meet any new Kai? Austin Villa fans.
1: Hmm. Yeah, Villa on Tour. Villa on Tour guys were there. Max, Max and hopes. Simon. Um and yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I met quite a lot of, quite a lot of other ones. There were there were a few fans that that came over came over from the UK. I just wasn't at the first game in Philly because I was working that on that game remotely, so I wasn't at the stadium for that one or in Orlando. Which I think those first two legs of the tour, uh, a lot of a lot of people from the UK went to.
0: I will try and get Max Stokes on there on the podcast
1: yeah i think he would he would have some good insight
0: one uh, we'll more points with a mic as well you met Unai emery what was that like
1: oh it was amazing i i, I think Unai has like the best energy i think he really understands football and really understands life and is a very very positive person he like Think about when, even if after we lost to Man United on, on Boxing Day and everyone was dejected because it had ruined Christmas, for lack of a better word, but he could just think, "Oh, it's amazing we have forty. What did we have? Forty-three points at this point in the season, and you know everything's not always not always going to be perfect, but he's just looking at the positives. Is he a
0: nice guy to speak to?"
1: yeah he he is a nice guy and so is i would say uh damian vidigani and monchi uh i met both of them very briefly at at one of the press conferences and i can tell that him having having his friends having some allies there has really helped him and being able to um like if you notice from, from when his time at, at Arsenal versus his time at Villa, you can tell he's more comfortable. He's able to, he's, he's obviously worked on his English a lot, which is really impressive. I think people give him a hard time, but they don't speak a second language themselves and they're not doing so in a professional setting. Um, but he's more comfortable in those press conferences and um, you can tell that he's, he has a, a lot of ideas. He works really hard. He's he's working so many hours a day, just doing his best for to... for Villa. And he always he always talks yeah. about the fans. He says like the fans are so important. We're really trying to be connecting with our fans, and you know that's that's what football
0: is all about. He always wants them to improve, keep getting better.
1: Yeah, I think it's the only way the only way forward.
0: So I want to talk about. What is your most favorite stadium you have visited?
1: It's gotta be Villa Park. Like it's 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 so special. I think like the history there, it's been our home for what 125 years, and mm-hmm. you know, there's been some so many things have happened there. We've won trophies there, we've experienced so many different players over the years and just think about all of the fans that have passed through those gates and have given their their hearts for villa and you know it's i think that's a, it's a really special place um you're to in munich as well bayern munich i think in terms of a modern stadium that's that's got to be one of the best their press conference area is like a small theater it just it goes goes up and They have all the amenities. Um, IX is really cool because it's so steep. The stands are very, very steep. Uh, And then a special one was at the World Cup Stadium 974 because it was made out of shipping containers and they were supposed to take it down and send it to another country, but I haven't heard anything if if they were gonna do that. But I thought that was a a very interesting one because it was built to, to be taken apart
0: because aliens are there aliens are made like a spaceship
1: yeah it looks like and especially like it's um it's kind of on the outskirts of munich so it looks like a spaceship just landed there in the middle of <laughs> in the <laughs> middle of the uh, the woods i guess in germany
0: i could just go and drink some water
1: i'll do the same
0: so what was your best aston villa memory that you've had
1: oh that's really tough because i've had a lot of amazing memories um i think seeing the first goal i ever saw at villa park christian benteke scoring that penalty that was really special um Definitely meeting meeting some of the players and meeting Unai and interviewing him last summer. Um yeah, I like after one of the press conferences, just getting getting caught in the rain with Debu and Consa and Buendia and, and Elmo. That will stick with me forever because it was just hilarious. Um and yeah, being being on the pitch at Villa Park when I was there for the Luton game, got to go, got to go down pitch side before the match was. That was pretty incredible.
0: I've been the pitch before, the icons. I've been to the park pitch before. Yeah, another tour as well. I've done it as well. The pitch is just pristine. You,
1: I, I love that because you can see how hard like the ground screw works just to make the it's pitch perfect. look beautiful. Yeah. But I don't know. I think well, also yeah. one of one of the best one of the best moments was winning like winning promotion back to the Premier League. That was also amazing.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sorry. I have to choose a memory. I was actually there that day at the playoff final. But Wembley probably was my best moment. The atmosphere was incredible that day.
1: Yeah, it was like all of those all of those years of heartache, and it was finally. Finally washed away.
0: Yeah, it's re- just a relief. That's it, massive relief. Exactly, exactly. And it's
1: funny because the year before we lost to Fulham, and one of one of my friends that I that I saw this last weekend in Germany, he's a Fulham fan, and I said, "Thank God we lost that game to you because otherwise we never would have gotten Dean Smith, and we, we never would have actually got promoted." or it never would have actually stayed up in the Premier League, because I think if we went up a year before, we would have gone straight back down and and been in trouble again.
0: Hopefully we beat Fulham for them on Saturday.
1: I hope so. I hope so. It's going to be a big effort required from everyone, and I know there's a a lot of Villa fans in London, so I'm sure the cottage will be rocking.
0: Well, what's your thoughts on the Man United defeat? Excuse
1: me. Um, I think oh, it's, I, I I hate playing Man United and I always want to beat them. So that's very difficult, especially because I think we outplayed them this time. In December, we got out to, to an early lead, but we weren't really creating a whole lot from open play. It was just the set pieces. But this past weekend, we created a lot, we just weren't clinical and we have to be more clinical in front of goal. Uh, it's...
0: What we, what we, we were the better team.
1: Exactly, exactly. And to add insult to injury, now losing Bubakar Kamara, I think that is a painful one because he really links the team. He comes back in defense when needed and he can spring someone forward on the attack as well. Um so hopefully Tim Urogbanam is ready to step up. It'd be great to see another another local lad get into the team.
0: Because clear that is injured. You need other players to step up.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Definitely, Tim. Definitely. Uh I'm curious to see what what Unai does because I think if we drop McGinn back to Replace Kamara in that position. We lose some of the best qualities of McGinn. He won't have that freedom to go forward. Um, and then also, until until Asri Konsa comes back, we'll need Cash to step up and to make sure his his defensive priorities are also in check.
0: The good thing about the last game, at least performance levels, were definitely up there. If we yeah. play like that for the rest of the season we'll finish the season stronger
1: i think so i th- i just hope that um some of these injuries haven't haven't hurt the morale inside the the team dressing room i don't think it will because again luckily we have vuna Emery, i think in a different situation if we had a different manager that wasn't as as tough mentally um maybe it would it would be concerning but like you said, I think we'll we'll still be able to finish the season strong. Just a rough uh, patch like we yeah. had last year.
0: We gotta be positive.
1: That's the only way to do it, I think.
0: You got Paul Torres. Obviously, he's back. Not massive mention on the team. Yeah, he hasn't.
1: He hasn't been uh, in the team in 2024 yet. Right, his last appearance was Burnley and on the 30th of December and. Kind of flared up that that injury again, so hopefully he's he's back and ready to go.
0: I'm going to ask you the last question, Jack. Who is your favorite Aston Villa player of all, of all time?
1: Oh uh, it's it's definitely Ashley Young. He's the the man that started it all for me, and I was so happy when we brought him back, and then I was devastated when we didn't sign him again this year but um you know i think people ask me well i think young will always be my favorite my favorite villain but people ask me who's my favorite villain in the team right now and that's so hard because we have so many likable players and i like i love ollie watkins john mcginn douglas Luiz, emmy martinez diego carlos of course tyron Mings, paul torres like I could just go through the whole squad and say that I love everyone because... What well,
0: about John McGinn?
1: <laughs> He's just a different kind of player. There, there's not a lot of other players that are like McGinn. I can't think of even one.
0: Yeah, because we're great right, but we're going back to Ashley Young. I've actually met Ashley Young. He's an honest guy. I met him at the Battle three?
1: Oh, okay. When was the, what year was that?
0: Uh, 2021.
1: All right. So, in the, the second spell of Villa,
0: <laughs> and he's a great professional, and he's all his experience and leadership.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, like, I've, I fell in love with, with him and his game and, and Villa because it was high flying and rapid and tricky and goals, but. Like realizing, realizing through the years of like how, how much of a like you said how much of a professional he was. He's always taking ice baths to take care of his body and being a professional in that dressing room. And it just shows like you gotta you you gotta work hard, but you've got to be smart about it too. And I think that, like you said, that's that's leadership.
0: Well, coming towards the end of the podcast. But before I finish, could you give me a shout out to spread awareness about my podcast?
1: Yeah, of course. Villa fans, if you're looking for another podcast to support, you've got to check out the Villa Forever Pod with Chad. He does an amazing job. Make sure to support Chad, support Duchenne Muscular Dystrophy and Up the Villa.
0: Oh, thank you very much for that.
1: Yeah, of uh, course, Chad. Uh, yeah. it's, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for for having me on. Like I said, I I always love talking about Villa, and it's great to see you and and your success. And I'm I'm glad to be a small part of that.
0: I want to do as well after this podcast. It will go out live tomorrow, but I'll tweet about it. But you can do a retweet maybe or something.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I I was gonna say um since you're on Instagram as well, can do a collab post on Instagram and and share that to our audiences.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate it. You You've been a great guest.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on. Like like I said, I, I love talking about Villa and it's it's great to hear your experience. Someone that's season ticket holder has been going down to Villa Park for, for years and you got to the playoff final. That's amazing. Like what a day that was at Wembley.
0: Well, thank you everyone for watching. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a like. Share and subscribe to my channel with a capital S. Remember to make sure to keep your post notifications turned on so you don't miss out on any new content. So hit that bell icon also let me know your thoughts in the comment section well thank you so much jack
1: thank you chad it was a pleasure
0: i'm going to wrap up this episode with up the villa
1: up the villa